Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Adoption Adventures. Apologies there wasn't an episode last week, I got caught up in a lot of, uh, a lot of busy stuff. Um, as you know, me and the theatre, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm off to the Edinburgh Fringe and uh, yeah, it's been full on getting prepped for that. So apologies, but you're back and I'm back. Um, I am probably going to have to pre-record an episode to make sure that it comes out the week that I'm in the fringe. Um, so as you can see from the um, title of this episode, we're going to be um, talking about contact. Now, I know I, we, we've talked about this a lot on our, on a lot, but it's, it's always an ongoing one, right? It's always an ongoing conversation. Um, so last week I was delivering some training to prospective doctors and we came on to the topic of contact. And you can definitely see, as I've said before, you can definitely see that there's a, a shift in thought, um, a shift in um, sort of considerations of what contact does look like, could look like, should look like, um, which is really, really great. Um, still some questions coming out um, that you'd expect and anticipate, where people are talking about, you know, fears and anxieties of what happens if we bump into a family member, um, what happens if um, any of our birth families have got sort of um, pose a risk to our children and what, what happens with contact then. Um, so very valid questions. Um, and it, it allowed me to reflect and, and talk to the team and say, you know, there's been a massive shift from all parties involved. Um, and I said that when we first came through the process and we indicated that we wanted to meet little dude's mum, the social worker at the time, um, cause it wasn't, a it wasn't, um, sort of prerequisite then that adopters met the birth families. And for some agencies, I know that that's still not the case, but a lot more of them there are. Um, and um, when we said to the social worker, we'd like to meet her, there was that was met with quite a lot of anxiety. And the social worker said, absolutely not. There's, there's too much risk here. Um, little dude's mum is, is too volatile a character at the moment, just not in the right place. Um, and then, as I've shared before, we got to the court hearing and part of... Um, little dude's mum's request was, you know, I, I want this adoption to take place, uh, but my request is, could I meet the, the parents? And I said that what was interesting is, at that point, we could have very easily said no through fear and anxiety about this volatile character that had been sort of portrayed to us. We didn't, we were still up for the meeting. We went to the meeting, probably one of the best things that we did. Um, really, really pleased that we did and, and how well that has gone. But I could see and I could reflect on how easy it would have been to have not wanted to do that and to have wanted to steer clear of it. Um, and it, it helped me to sort of see 
where things are, where the shift is and sort of how things look now. I was then in a meeting with some um, senior social workers talking about um, the modernising adoption agenda, the um, sort of the view on contact, and there was a um, sort of there's a look within our regional agency to kind of support families with contact. Um, within our region, it's starting to be called um, keeping in touch instead of contact. Um, I thought that that was part of the modernising adoption agenda and that was a nationwide rollout. But then I've worked with a couple of other agencies and it doesn't seem to be the language that's being used. So it's a little bit all over the place there. Um, but we were having this meeting and we was talking about what could be done to support adopters with contact, with face-to-face -face contact, with uh, sort of safe and meaningful contact for, for our birth families and our adoptees. Um, and there's, um, there's a new sort of trial going on on how to sort of monitor those families, monitor families that are going through that to see how well is this going, how is it all looking. Um, and there's like a gradient um, of sort of red, amber and green. So the green families, everything's going great. Amber, low risk, high risk amber, you know, mm, it's gone okay, but there was some concerns or yeah, it's okay, but my child is, is sort of showing some distress. And then obviously red is either you're not doing it or you really don't want to continue it. Um, and the discussion is around what can we do for those families who are amber or red to put in as much support as possible to get them into the green. And the, the regional agency is talking about this and saying that what they really want is a, a quick win, but a sustainable win as well. And what I liked about this is, again, it's, it's the world of adoption saying, you know, we know that there's a problem. We just need to solve it. We can't, we can't have meeting upon meeting upon meeting and not have any action. We need to be doing something here. Um, so I thought that, that was really encouraging, actually. Um, and I liked the idea. There's a discussion about um, sort of every six weeks or maybe every other month, there being a, a sort of a training session for um, adopters that are new to it or exist in it so as they can come in and they can actually raise their real life concerns they can have social workers available but they can also have experienced adopters available who are in successful contact agreements so as they can share their thoughts their views and address any concerns um, and we said from that you'd probably be able to secure sort of um, a peer peer support mentoring program which we thought would be really really um beneficial to to everyone um but through through this and through this conversation i i learned that there were still some agencies who due to resources due to the size of the agency were still working in what i'm going to describe as a very antiquated way so they are getting photographs um, from adopters and they're inviting birth families in 
to the office to view these photographs, but not to take the photographs away. Um, I struggled with that. Um, I, I struggled with that as a concept because I think, again, that's really, um, in my mind, that is demonising our birth families quite, quite heavily, making it sound like they can't even hold a photo um, and can't be trusted to do that. That's, that's got to be really difficult. That's got to play on them sort of mental health as well um i i then sort of i thought it was quite cruel you know sure you can have a look at it but that's it that's all that's going to happen here um which i thought was really really difficult um and a massive massive drain on resources you know you're asking a worker to be available to welcome this person in to come and sit and and watch them look at a photo and you think that's a it's a a lot of time wasted um now i can understand um i can i can understand in situations where you've got birth parents who are being sort of having photos shared and then they are sharing them on social media um maybe they're making um sort of attempts to locate this the children um and i can understand in those situations where that um, birth parent is not is not following those rules and not um adhering to the the rules of of keeping those images off of social media i can understand in those situations if a social worker needs to say actually look we we can't do this um i think but i think that that's got to be the minority that's absolutely got to be the minority and i think our birth parents need to have like a warning and go hey this is what's going to happen if you carry on doing like sharing these photos, we're going to have to stop them altogether. I I wouldn't then do the next bit. I would just say that's where it ends up. Um, because you're entering into an agreement and everyone's got to feel safe and secure with that. Um, but that, I, I did really, really struggle with that as a concept. Um, and then hearing how agencies the language they're using about when they go and they attend contact and what they're looking to do is what they want to be able to do is social workers want to be able to organize this contact and then step back you know they want to get to the place where it's safe to be able to do so i often say that um if we were going through the process now i believe that with the modernizing adoption sort of view I believe that it would be a recommendation that we would have face-to-face contact with little dude's mum. It wasn't in place. It wasn't the consideration. It looks like it's changing. Um, So, yeah, I've been asked to be on this this steering committee or sort of workshop to see if we can make those adjustments and and change those things. So I'm I'm keen to see where this goes. I think the peer support, we've talked about having a debrief session after contact because quite often our children can 
display really sort of challenging behavior after contact um because hey it's a lot of it's a lot of emotions going on right that's it's a lot to ask for for our kids so yeah they're gonna go through some big emotions but what we need to do is we need to look after our adopters in that situation because our adopters they want to love cherish care for their children they want to protect them from everything so they're going to see that their children are distressed and go actually let's alleviate this distress let's take it away when actually that's not the solution um the solution is more about what can we do to support these children and it's actually okay for them to have big feelings let's talk to them about it so i think it's a lot of um really good conversations um obviously not new conversation um but it's a it's a sort of a continuation of of a really good conversation um so yeah so i'm really really keen to see where this goes really keen to see what what happens there um and yeah i'm going to keep you updated as you know as i said at the start i know that we've talked about contact and i know that i've made it really abundantly clear that i am an advocate for it um I think it's vital. Little dude, as you know, he has said in the past, it's not something that, that he's not looking to meet with his mum at this stage. But he says that he feels it's not his responsibility to meet her, have contact with her. But he still says that it is our responsibility. He still believes that even though he doesn't want to have that relationship, he wants me to maintain that relationship so as he can have that resource and he can have that door open should he ever want to walk through it. And I think that that is a real paramount and significant sort of thought process and a message from an adoptee. I don't want to have the relationship, but it's your job to have that relationship, whether you like it or not. Um, And I just think that's really powerful to be thinking about. Um, so I, I hold that and I keep that in my mind and and I think others should too. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at. Um, I'm hopeful that that sort of training platform will launch and, um, there'll be a support there for, for adopters moving forward and, uh, I can see what, what that will look like. Um, and yeah, maybe, uh, maybe you've got some thoughts on contact and, uh, and want to sort of let me know, um, and then we can take it from there. But yeah, as always, drop me a line and we will speak soon. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, I should add, next week I'll be performing at the Edinburgh Fringe. So if anyone of my listeners is at the Edinburgh Fringe next week, um, I think from the 21st to the 26th, and would like to come and uh, actually meet me, You'll see me in a weird capacity, but I'd love to meet you. Um, I love meeting adopters and I love meeting people that are going through the journey. So, you know, if you are at the fringe and you see me, say hi. Awesome. Bye.